Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. God's judgment, God's wrath comes by measure. His mercy without measure. He limits His judgments and He limits His disciplines and He limits His wrath. This great God who is all-powerful again and again showers His mercy on His children. That's a very comforting statement Pastor Ed makes. God's wrath is measured, but His mercy is endless. Today's message is all about mercy. We can probably never fully comprehend just how great God's mercy is. He is the all-powerful creator of the world and us. He has every right to simply wipe us out when we sin, which we do frequently. However, God has instead chosen in love to show us mercy. Mind-boggling, isn't it? We're loved. There's no question about it. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7, for part one of his message entitled, The Merciful. Turn in our Bibles to Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7. We've been studying the Beatitudes. And these Beatitudes express what we are to be as Christians. They ought to be our attitudes towards God, towards men, towards ourselves. Chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Well, do you believe it? Do you believe that the merciful will be recipients of mercy? Well, if you were in the Roman culture at the time of Jesus you would have bought into that. Because Romans despised mercy. It wasn't a virtue to them, it was a weakness. Now we may give lip service to it today, but many of us really don't believe it's the merciful that get ahead in life. It's the person that can be aggressive. The person that won't let anybody take advantage of them. It's the person that never lets anyone get away with anything. Well, it's not what God says. Mercy, what does it mean? Well, a good way of understanding mercy is to compare it with grace. Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve, his unmerited favor towards us. Mercy is God responding and relieving our misery and distress. It's God's active empathy in our lives. God reaching down to us when we're hurting. God speaking to us in the midst of our despair and giving us hope. Some have said, many of those who cry so loudly for justice would soon beg for mercy if justice were done to them. Oh, God, give me mercy. Give my brother justice. We want justice for others and mercy for ourselves. Well, that's not the heart of God. 
Now, these Beatitudes build on one another. The previous one, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. There's nothing more beautiful than righteousness. There's nothing more ugly than self-righteousness. And the temptation that righteous people have is to become pharisaical, is to become judgmental, is to look down on those in their misery and calculate all the reasons why they're getting what they deserve. Emerson said, he drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and me had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. What would you have done if you lived in London and it was at the end of the Second World War? You were a believer, a Christian, and you tuned in to one of your favorite radio preachers, Bible teachers, C.S. Lewis. And you heard him say this on the radio, and I quote, Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive, as we have at the end of this wartime. To mention the subject at all is to be greeted with howls of anger. That sort of talk makes them sick, they say. And half of you already want to ask me, I wonder how you feel about forgiving the Gestapo if you were a Pole or a Jew. So do I. I wonder very much. I'm not trying to tell you in these talks what I could do. I can do precious little. I'm trying to tell you what Christianity is. I didn't invent it. They're right in the middle of it. I find forgiveness... Forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. There's no slightest suggestion that we are offered forgiveness on any other terms. It is made perfectly clear that if we don't forgive, we shall not be forgiven. End quote. How would you have responded if it was your brother, your father, your family member that lost their life in the bombings over London. If you lost all your possessions, if you looked at how your nation was ravaged by war and Europe as well, how would C.S. Lewis's words touched you? Well, how can God ask us to be merciful? How can God ask us to treat others with mercy who have wronged us? He can do it because he did it. He could do it because that's what he's all about. Those who have suffered, who have went through pain, destruction, he tells them, you can be merciful because I and merciful. In Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 5, you see God's demonstration of mercy. I'd like to read the text to you. God's demonstration of mercy. 
But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. When it comes to giving mercy, God doesn't stingily hand it out. He abundantly gives it out out of his rich resources. He doesn't give you spoonfuls of mercy. He eats buckets full. He bestows mercy freely on those that will ask and those that will seek, those that will come to him. You see the Father's demonstration of mercy. The Father's demonstration of mercy. In Micah 7.18 it reads, Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever, but he delights in mercy. Again and again in the Old Testament, Yahweh gives mercy to his rebellious people, to a people that have turned their back on him and sinned time and time again. God displays his mercy. He's the author of mercy. He's the originator of mercy. In Lamentations, Jeremiah weeps for the people of Israel and the judgment of God that's come upon them. But yet, in the midst of all of the suffering, in the midst of all of the destruction, in the midst of all of the judgment, Jeremiah can say this. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy begins afresh each day. Each one of you could come to this platform and share about the mercies of God in your life. When you cried out to God for help, when you didn't deserve it and you shouldn't have received it, but God was merciful. We all have our stories to tell of God's redeeming love and mercy that reached down to us and delivered us from our misery that we had gotten ourselves into. I love that hymn at Calvary. The first stanza reads, Years I spent in vanity and pride, Carry not that my Lord was crucified, Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. God's judgment, God's wrath comes by measure. His mercy without measure. He limits his judgments, and he limits his disciplines, and he limits... His wrath, this great God who is all-powerful, again and again showers his mercy on his children. You can come to God with the promise of mercy written in the scriptures. You could stand on it and know that in the day of trouble, you can call on God and you'll find him ready to respond. Now God put a face on mercy when he came down in the form of Jesus, his son. The son's demonstration of mercy. 
In Hebrews 2.17 it reads, For this reason he had to be made like his brother in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus came down and put a face on mercy when he took our flesh upon him. He was rejected of men. He was falsely accused. He was forsaken by those who loved him. He knows everything, every emotion that could rush through the heart of his people. He did that all. Because he's a merciful high priest. When you go to God, you don't go to someone who is unempathetic with you. He feels your pain. He knows your suffering. See, that's why Jesus really shook up the righteous Pharisees who got caught up in legalism. When they caught a woman in adultery and they brought him to her. They stood her before him and they said, we've caught her in the very act. Just doesn't say anything. And then begins to ride in the sand. Aren't you going to say anything, Rabbi? He that's without sin, let him cast the first stone. Just ride in the sand. I don't know what he was writing. But maybe he began to write down a list of secret sins and hypocrisies. And all those things that those other people were involved in. And one by one her accusers left. And Jesus looks at her and says, Don't sin anymore. Go. Go. How many times has God come to us and we were worthy of judgment? We should have been stoned to death. We didn't deserve one more day of breath. But God in his mercy reached down and enraptured us in his love and drew us to himself. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Just go and sin no more. Shakespeare said, we do pray for mercy. And that same prayer does teach us to render the deeds of mercy. When God has forgiven you, you must respond by forgiving others. If you're poor in spirit, if you know that you're heaven's charity case, if you know that there's nothing in you to commend you to God, if you see the sinfulness of your heart and you're smitten with that sense of unworthiness, you just have to be merciful. If you mourned and wept over your sins and the sins of others, if by God's Spirit you've been transformed on the inside and you've been made into a person that's meek and before God, you're mastered by nothing but the master and you're hungering and thirst for righteousness. You recognize that I don't have it within me. It's in God. And so you're hungering and thirsting for the righteousness that he gives. Then you have to be merciful to others. Man reflects God's mercy. 
Man's reflection of his mercy. If you've received it and you understand it and you comprehend it, if you know anything about the mercy that God has given you, if you understand anything about your sinfulness and his grace to you, your response is that you're merciful to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I like the way it's been said. Mercy comes down from heaven to earth so that man, by practicing it, may resemble God. Here's when we resemble God. When we relieve the distress of others. When they've sinned against God and they've sinned against us. Now, mercy is reflected in absolution. And Jesus said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. We mirror to others what God has done for us. We mirror to others what we have come to know of the forgiveness of God. People sin against us. They hurt us. They, they let us down. And the circumstances of life conspire to test us again and again. And God watches our heart's response when you've been wronged and slighted. Do you have that forgiving spirit? It's not what happens to me that matters most. It's how I react to what happens to me. I want to read an incredible story of Sir Thomas More. Years ago in England, centuries ago, he was condemned to death through the jealousy and the hatred of those in the government. They trumped up grounds to take his life. And listen to More, his response. Listen to Thomas More's response. This is what he says. More have I not to say, my lords, but that St. Paul held the clothes of those who stoned Stephen to death. And as they now are both saints in heaven and shall continue their friends forever, so I trust and shall most heartily pray that though your lordships have now here on earth been judges to my condemnation, we may nevertheless hereafter cheerfully meet in heaven in everlasting salvation. They were condemning him to death. And he goes into the scriptures, and he said, as Paul held the garments of those who stoned Stephen, and Paul was saved, and now... Paul and Stephen are in heaven as friends. I pray that you'll be converted and you'll be in heaven and we'll be friends. That's incredible love. It's supernatural love. I could still picture them today right in the front of the church praying loudly and going out from church to church singing. Oh, they were a spiritual group, or so I thought. But then my image of them was completely shattered. I remember them coming to my office. Pastor, our mother is sick. She's in the hospital. If our brother calls, don't let him know. I tried to convince them that that's not the Christian thing to do. There may have been a falling out, and their brother was unsafe, but maybe this is an opportunity to bring him They wouldn't hear anything of it. The mother died. I received another phone call. 
Don't tell our brother where the funeral is. The brother called. He said, how could they claim to be Christians? We need to express mercy to those who have sinned against us. There's absolution that we give to others because we've been absolved of our sins. We've received mercy from God. Time and time again, if we go back in the journal of our minds, we can remember those times where we've asked God for forgiveness and we've asked him for mercy and we didn't deserve it, but yet he reached down in the muck of mire of sin and lifts us out. Oh, we ought to reflect that to others. I think about a time in my own life. My mother did not have an easy marriage. My father was an alcoholic. And she lay dying in the hospital. And I said to mom, I think dad should be here. He should know. Because I think it's important to prepare for heaven. Because mom didn't have much time left. And my father came and he was a very difficult man to get along with. But I'm so glad that he came and my mother had a chance to offer forgiveness. Even though it was a difficult encounter. And shortly after, she went home to be with the Lord. People may hurt you deeply, but to offer forgiveness is to be like your heavenly Father. Now, mercy is reflected in our actions. It's not only in giving people absolution, but it's in reaching out. Mercy reflected in our action. Luke 10, 37 reads... The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This was the results of the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's amazing how cold and sterile religious institutions can be at times. It's amazing how cold and indifferent sometimes religious leaders can become. Oswald Chambers talks about that when he says, we are going to meet unmerciful good people and unmerciful bad people and unmerciful institutions, unmerciful organizations, and we shall have to go through the discipline of being merciful to the merciless. I think about one of the most admired women in the world, Sister Teresa. How she saw a need of people who were dying in loneliness and starvation in Calcutta. And she asked to be released from her religious order so that she could go and minister to them. With no funds and no backing, she went. And the very first woman, her body was being eaten by rats. And she picked her up and she took her to the hospital and the hospital refused her and she stood there until finally they would accept her. And then she went and found a Hindu temple and she began the hospital and others gathered around and by the time of her death there were over 10,000 lepers in 28 countries being ministered to that order that she founded. The Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 is one of the most well-known portions of Scripture in the whole of the Bible. 
In this text, Jesus talks about loving our enemies, fasting, and properly judging. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching through the Beatitudes. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.